0: I was like, I was like, um, this you know, this next episode after after last episode, I was like, I I, I need to not get that drunk again on an episode. I, yeah. Oh, so sorry. And then, and then Jared's like, yeah. So we're gonna talk about absinthe, and Rose is gonna make us drinks. <laughs> I'm
1: like, shit.
2: You're like, well, that's a resolution for the next episode. <laughs>
1: So, Rose, you drink.
2: I do. I do. I drink. Um, some call me a let's lush. Unpack that. Uh, what? <laughs> let's, unpack let's unpack that. What? Let's unpack that. Um, I would like to say that I'm not actually an alcoholic, um, functioning or otherwise. I'm a
0: hobbyist, damn it.
2: It's, it's more of a passion project. <laughs> um, it's not my I full-time worked... job, but I'd like it to be. Yeah, if only. Um, I've worked in a bar exactly once. I now live in Las Vegas. Um, however, during COVID, you're not allowed to go to bars, so
0: that's upsetting. So, so your apartment becomes a bar.
2: Oh, absolutely. I have a like full little bar cart thing in our kitchen, um, which no one eats in except when I'm making drinks. But yeah, no, it it is it's a hobby for me um and it's a thing that i find a lot of artistic expression in so it's a joy
1: well i hope that we can provide an an artistic challenge here soon with our uh, (laughs) oh i guarantee
2: you will jared (laughs) (laughs) i don't doubt that
0: (laughs) (laughs) i like to think of podcasting like an art you know and that's what we're doing here is art high Mm -hmm. art
2: just a lot of art we're creating
0: something beautiful so but not art. not for the masses either, though. Like this oh, is a Oh no, no, screw bullshit. the
2: masses! This the is, masses are bullshit. Like
0: two lines on a canvas, like that, only the educated understand.
1: Like that's what we're <laughs> doing here. <laughs> this oh, podcast absolutely. belongs in a museum. Yeah. To quote Indiana Jones.
2: There's some fun drinks in Indiana Jones. Are there? Well,
0: that's, a,
1: that's Let's a unpack fact. that.
2: There's a. Um, I think it's in the, lost ark the villain kidnaps the very pretty lady or whatever, and they drink a kind of North African fig liquor. And it's a very poignant scene, but it's a very interesting, like if you, if you do the research and you look up the bottle that he's waving around, it's actually a really, really interesting rare liquor. So it's just kind oh, of fun cool. too. And it's super high proof, which is why they get unbelievably yeah. drunk.
0: Um, <laughs> interesting.
2: Yeah, it's fun.
0: Well, fun. I suppose we should just, we should get into the the cold open plan here, which is the cocktail, the mystery yeah, cocktail. Correct. So let's yeah, dive into sure.
1: that. So Rose- has... I swear to God, if you keep saying that, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's unpack that. Let's get
2: into <laughs> it's that.
1: It's like the
0: fifth goddamn time you said that.
1: <laughs> let's explore this topic a little bit.
0: <laughs> Good God. We're not NPR. You can't keep doing that.
2: But we could be NPR. They say.
0: You, you keep losing <laughs> us dirtbag points every time you say that.
1: I, I think that this podcast belongs on NPR, and I am going to keep, keep working working us to get there.
0: I think
2: that's, that's the
1: second time you've said that on
0: the.
2: Podcast. I think anyway. This, anyway, I think this podcast deserves to be on NPR so that it is a perfect like basement dwelling, um, sad third redheaded stepchild version of a podcast, <laughs> so that all of their content just seems so much more polished and beautiful that the people who only listen to NPR can reappreciate it.
1: Yeah, you know, this they is do like things the indie like research and like and you know <laughs> go to
2: locations and interview people.
0: Look, we do research. We do thirty minutes
1: of Wikipedia research.
2: Yeah, I read the most of
1: both amount. of the articles you sent us. So. I,
2: Fabulous. I read, I read the then first I'll still one. have things to teach you.
1: Oh, God. Perfect.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, we gotta get. We're making drinks. Jared, talk again. I won't. I promise I won't <laughs> interrupt or yell at you anymore. <laughs>
1: Thank you. So, today we have a very a very special guest on Very Legal Very Cool who wants to bring bring up a topic that is both very near and very dear to both of our hearts and that is alcohol. And our our friend Rose has so graciously offered to create some drinks for us. However, you know, obviously we're we're all remote here, so that's a little awkward, but what we've decided to do is we uh, we went through our cupboards and fridge and wherever else we keep foodstuffs and came up with a list of ingredients of the things that we have and we're gonna we're both gonna read them to Rose and Rose is gonna create drinks for us that we will drink um, and she's just gonna get fucked up separate of that. So Rose, <laughs> why, why don't you just introduce yourself real quick?
2: All right, uh, my name is Rose Watson. I am a self-employed social media manager um, out in Las Vegas. I went to school. I went to college with Jared, and I know Josiah from Twitter. Um, You know, the best place to know him. That's a good place to know me. Yeah. And I am, I would say, passionate about good alcohol. Um, It is a hobby. Fantastic. And um, if... Uh, and I'm also just kind of generally a creative-ish type, so this is all up my alley.
1: Great. Fantastic. I too would say that I'm passionate about alcohol. I am too.
2: Perfect. We are a meeting of equals
0: then.
1: <laughs> Fantastic. Well, right. so let's get started. Josiah, you want to you wanna hit us with your list?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got uh, club soda.
1: Oh, good. I got
0: aromatic bitters.
1: Good. I got
0: lime juice. I have roses Tito's
2: or like fresh?
0: Fresh. Uh I don't know. Just yeah, reconstituted. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so shitty. Shitty, so shitty. lime yeah. juice. Like like I just grabbed it at the store today. Okay. Uh, Tito's handmade vodka, a shooter of it. Uh shooter of Jack Daniels and some Tabasco sauce.
2: Alright. <laughs> this is going better than i originally thought oh jared's um, gonna oh no right i like know that. jared's gonna ruin everything
0: <laughs> I, um, I actually snatched some like cocktail stuff at the store jared did not so
2: are you are you more of a vodka person or a jack
0: person i prefer jack i would say that but i i'm okay, okay with vodka
2: well th- do you have any sugar in your home
0: uh, yeah, but I'm um, so I'm trying to avoid sugar right now. Okay, so that's okay. that's the the dilemma. So
2: no having. fun. All right,
0: no fun. Um, yes, I also just have like a right. 12 pack of Truly's lemonade flavor. If that helps. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think I think we're gonna go classic. Um, in, okay. in my mind, you'd put this in a rocks glass. I'm sure you'll put this in literally whatever you have.
0: I do have um, a lowball, a lowball. Oh in front of me. my yes. man!
2: All right. Um, do you have ice?
0: I can go grab ice. Yes.
2: Okay, good. Because I personally, ice is very important to the cocktail process. Um, okay. But we will build this in the glass because we're not going right. to be too fancy. You're going to put. Um, I think we're going to go for Tito's, just because okay. it's more flavor neutral. So we're going to do, you're going to put in the Tito's, you're going to squeeze in half, well, you just have lime juice, right? You don't have an yeah. actual lime. Okay. Um, put in like just a healthy squeeze of that lime juice. Um, okay. Ice it up. So fill with ice. And then you will fill with club soda and you're just going to do a dash of bitters on top to your preference. If you are a bitters person, do more. If you're not a bitters, do less.
0: Cool. Alright, I will do that. Jared, you go now. We'll get your recipe. All right.
1: So I've got some Costco rum.
2: Light, dark, golden.
1: Dark. I think it's dark I think it's spiced rum. Moonshine. Bacardi any, lime. Sp-
2: any kind of moonshine? There are several.
1: Uh well, it's in a uh, mason jar. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so like you, you you found this somewhere that I doesn't matter. Somebody apply left sales it at tax. our house?
1: A bit back. Okay. Um, Bacardi. Then I've got uh, Coke, orange juice, Arnold Palmer, orange bitters, almond milk. Hang on, I'm club writing. Soda. You
2: need to slow down.
1: <laughs> okay, okay.
2: <laughs> All right, I've got spiced rum, moonshine, Bacardi, Coke, orange juice,
1: Arnold Palmer, Arnold Palmer,
2: orange bitters, orange bitters,
1: almond milk. Nope. <laughs> club soda.
2: Proud of you.
1: What I'm pretty sure is gin, but it's also in a mason jar, so it might also be moonshine.
2: (laughs) Oh, dear. This is actually going a lot better than I thought it would.
1: Oh, I'm glad. Various hot sauces, craft Singles, Ranch, and Orange Push Pops.
2: You know I could do terrible things to you with the ranch. Why <laughs> oh, would yeah. you give nothing me nothing worse
1: option? than what I've done to myself already?
2: I I mean I'm sure but I, we're, I think, we're just I gonna... think you have
1: to, have to incorporate the ranch, please. I
2: don't I uh my morality um yeah, I'm a. Abandon it. I can't. No,
0: no.
1: This is a test no. of Rose, of Rose's morals.
2: I mean, you want, like, a good drink, you right? You don't I, I, want I me like, to poison you. Like... I
0: like that our podcast is putting, like, our guests into a trolley car problem. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you pull a lever. You give ranch to Jared. <laughs>
2: you make Jared take a straight shot of ranch and Bacardi. <laughs> oh we're gonna garnish
1: with a craft single single, of course
2: oh naturally i didn't even write (laughs) down craft singles because it just effaced my like (laughs) honor Oh all right my dude all right Mm. you actually have some very mixable elements here so i'm proud of you on that front thank Um, you if you had to pick one of the alcohols which one would you go with
1: I would say probably the Bacardi Lime.
2: Oh, it's Bacardi Lime. Okay.
1: Yes, indeed.
2: Well, we'll do a Bacardi Lime base then. I'm going to have you take one of the Push Pops okay. and just put it in a cup. All right. Um, a, a highball if you have it, but whatever I know if what you that don't. Is. Um, I'm,
0: I'll take notes on the recipe for you, Jared. So. Hey, thanks, guy. What a, what like a good friend. Saying. See, look at that. I'm um, amazing.
2: So push pop into highball, then about an ounce of Bacardi lime. Do a little splash of the orange juice, not too much. Um, Fill the rest, you don't have, no, because it's Bacardi lime, okay. Um, I'd say fill the rest with club soda and then once it's full and you've done a little bit of a stir, uh, go ahead and give yourself some orange bitters on the top. We're being bitters heavy this episode.
1: All right, I you know, frankly, I was fully expecting to vomit directly after whatever you mixed out of my list, and I don't think I will.
0: I, I'm gonna say you, you got to finish this drink, and then at the end, we'll we'll do something else. You'll do <laughs> a shot <And> then, of <laughs>
1: ranch,
2: Tabasco, and Bacardi lime. Yeah, <laughs> <like>. Please, <laughs> or but mystery gin, maybe moonshine.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, all right. So all this right. is in a pint glass. All right.
2: Um, I mean, whatever you have available, <laughs> but yeah. Um, also throw some ice in there, please. Please make sure you have ice in there.
0: All right. All right. <laughs> so I'm, let's, let's do this. We're going to formally introduce the show, and then that way when we are coming back, we have our drinks. I think Fantastic. that's perfect. Fantastic. Okay. Jared.
1: Jared, you had an intro, right? Welcome to Very Legal, Very Cool. A show about alcohol and those who consume it. Hell yeah. All right.
0: Break I'll be back. 3, 2, 1, go! (laughs) Oh, fantastic. So, so, uh, everybody, what are you drinking today? (laughs) (laughs) Jared, what are you drinking? What's it called? Name it on the spot.
1: I'm drinking the Orange Purge. Yikes. Yikes. A, uh, that, that sounds concoction. either like a
2: terrible political movement or a terrible bowel
0: movement, and I'm not sure which would be worse.
1: Well, the trick um, is, it's got a bit of both. And so... <laughs> uh,
0: how does it taste? How does it taste?
1: Let, well, let me taste it. Let's find out. Oh, you have a, oh yeah. We're doing it on this. Ooh. It <clears throat> tastes like somebody used way too much Bacardi. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and also that Push sounds... Pops like a you problem
1: <laughs> die not hearing a problem at all uh, uh, let's see well since
0: my name is vodka, did, I've I've called this the the Russian podcaster uh, oh. that's the yeah see all
1: right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sorry I don't I bad at naming drinks.
1: It's no orange purge
0: <laughs> yikes that's good. How is it? That's good. That is would be it? Infinite, infinitely better if there was something sweet in it. You're totally right.
2: Yeah, like just a yeah. little bit of simple syrup or, yes, or something. Yeah, that would be. But, yeah, but like I grenadine or
0: something would be amazing. Yeah. Yes.
2: Fun fact what, what do you think grenadine is? What kind of syrup?
0: I think cherry, although I'm assuming that's wrong based off the words. Of
2: you assume correctly. It's pomegranate syrup, mm. which is why it's <laughs> infinitely better than anything cherry flavored.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's really good. Yes. Yeah, Rose. What are you drinking today?
2: I, um, given the the occasion of the podcast, am drinking my first glass of absinthe, which yeah. I will be preparing probably throughout the first ten minutes because it takes quite a long time to do this correctly. Uh, I, I believe that both of you can kind of see my setup. Um, this is not a classic absinthe building setup, but it's as close as I can get in the corona times. The, the traditional way that I guess I'm just going to kind of dive in because I'm very interested to taste this and get to it. Um, so when you drink absinthe, it's usually a, uh, it's quite a diluted drink. You don't drink absinthe straight. Um, it's very, very high proof. It's overproof. proof um, for evidence. The bottle that I have um, distilled by Oregon Spirit Uh, Absinthe Original is 125 proof. So that's 62.5% alcohol by volume, which is why you don't drink it straight. Um, Makes sense. It's aggressive. And so the the traditional sort of way that you do this is that they make these very fancy goblets um, that are specifically for for absinthe, where there's a bubble on the bottom that you fill with absinthe, and then you slowly drip very, very cold water into the glass... Through a sugar cube on top of a metal absinthe spoon, which is like a slotted spoon, um, is usually very pretty. Usually, looks like a leaf. Um, and while that water drips in, it's supposed to be a slow, laborious process. And as that very, very cold, sugary water hits the absinthe, um, it creates this effect known as the loge. Um, it's it's the a glow. It's, it's supposed to be kind of opalescent. Uh, it's about the oils uh, intermingling with the water and creating this kind of cloudy, opalescent, beautiful shine Um, It's very poetic. Uh, It makes a lot of sense as to how and why this caught on. Um, And like any fancy beverage, you know, if you've ever been to a tiki bar, there's a reason why people buy tiki drinks that are on fire because it's interesting and different. So this is sort of the absinthe equivalent to that. Although some people think that you need to set the sugar cube on fire to do absinthe correctly. That's a lie. Don't do that. It's very bad. (laughs) Um, Good to know. But yeah, so traditionally you'd be sitting around Paris with your artistic friends with a giant balancier with a naked nouveau lady holding it up and watching time drip water into your absinthe but i'm just gonna do it the old-fashioned way with a teeny tiny kettle and ideally not spill everywhere
0: we believe it- this is the moment we watch rose destroy her computer It's very
2: true. It could happen. We'll see if I get the right loge. It's supposed to be a very slow thing, but I think I might be pouring too quickly. This is ridiculously cold water. Like, my fingers are going to come off.
0: It looks
1: pretty.
2: It does look pretty. I think you're getting a little bit of the loge. Like, like a little opalescent. There might be too much sugar on my... Getting a
1: little cloudy.
2: That's probably enough for this particular... It should take a lot longer. Again, I don't give a shit. So then you tip the spoon in and you give it a nice mix to get the sugar all dissolved, maybe. That is kind of, you, you can kind of see the opalescent shine on the side of the glass.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's
2: very pretty, it's, it's very nice, um, but yeah. I wish, so, I,
0: I, wish I got absinthe for this episode. I know.
2: Right? It's very cool. Um, although, what is your opinion of black licorice?
0: Oh, I love, I, I do like Absinthe. We'll talk about okay. that when you ask. Okay. I, I, I quite Perfect. like Absinthe a lot.
2: Perfect. So now that I've given you the how-to basic tutorial, and actually that's turned out very, very lovely. I like that quite a lot. Um, I will turn off my webcam so you don't have to see me being a nerd. Um, okay, so um, that's a little tutorial on mildly how you do the thing that we're doing. Um, I will say I,
1: <clears throat> I too got a bit of a an opalescent um, glow in mine. Except it's just push pop. <laughs> but Rose, how's it taste?
2: Overwhelmingly of black licorice. That is mm-hmm. that is the initial hit on the palate, as it should be. It's very bitter, which is generally the um, wormwood. That's that's a part of the botanicals that are traditionally used in absinthe. it's, uh, it's a bittering agent. Um, And it's also part of that family that can potentially kill you in the right strain. Um, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: There's some fennel, um, some anise, and yeah, it is quite a complex flavor. But if you don't like black licorice, you're not going to like absinthe because you really can't avoid that.
1: And do you Um, like black licorice?
2: I do not. (laughs) 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 But, (laughs) But... um, I am more than willing to suffer a little bit for art, and so Perfect. I will be finishing Perfect.
0: this. <laughs> God is terrible
2: so. A little bit on the background of absinthe itself, it's from Switzerland originally. Uh, It's not French. Everyone thinks it's French because it really gained in popularity in France. It was originally Swiss. um, Like I said, it has this very ridiculous preparatory process to actually drink the thing. Um, There are some classic cocktails that use absinthe, and not very many, because again, it's a very kind of weird flavor. Um, Some people are not a huge fan of drinking it, but there are a couple, um... And yeah, it's, it's a very, uh, some people get a flavor of sort of white chocolate uh, on it. It's, it's mm. sweet, it's mm. desserty. has actually a really wonderful nose on it. But yeah, and it, and it was same. extremely, <laughs> it was extremely popular in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, and yes. then fell but, out of sorry uh, just for many reasons which I'm sure we'll get into fell out of uh, vogue.
0: Yeah, I don't know if we've formally said maybe we I think it's probably obvious now, but we should formally say so the topic today is like absinthe and kind of the, the, the history of it and all that good stuff. So it's gonna be a fun episode. Yeah. yeah.
1: So Rose so- now that you've gotten some absinthe in your system, where would you say you stand on on a scale from seeing green fairies to murderous <laughs> rampage?
2: You know, I think I'm 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 at the point where I want to be the Green Fairy. Um, I that sounds really and then fabulous go on a killing and super spree? fun. Not quite, not quite that. I've only not had quite. about two okay. sips. So talk to me. So you'll, halfway you'll get halfway through the glass. There. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, oh, yeah.
1: we'll we'll revisit this question in uh, towards the end of the episode.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, After your third or fourth glass. So, yeah, you know, like like an artist does. <laughs> it is. It's the of course. hour vert. It is the green hour, and this is time for the green drink. Oh. Um, and that's oh. my terrible French accent. Very uh, good. So, so what what are your experiences with absinthe and or familiarity with absinthe in culture?
1: I have recently actually had the opportunity to watch somebody prepare a glass of absinthe. Um, but that <laughs> did you? <laughs> <laughs> But frankly, that's about the extent of it. I've, I've heard the rumors about uh, hallucination, but I've also heard things about said rumors. And so I'll say that, you know, on a scale of one to 10 and how much absinthe has impacted my life, I would float it around a one or a two.
0: Mine is, my experience with absinthe is I've I've only drank absinthe like once or twice, but I did do it at the like proper place, which was uh, in a, I had like a, a study club? Of pro- No, no, I had- <laughs> I had a a study abroad trip where I was actually in Paris, and so when oh. I drank when I drank absinthe, it was um, in Montmartre, in like oh. the district that you're like where Van Gogh was hanging out and shit.
2: The Belle Epoque, um, oh, yeah. that's magnificent. So I,
0: I got to get very drunk on absinthe and then walk up to Sacre Coeur and look at all the. Uh, uh, That's the, the way rooftops. to do it, my dude. Oh yeah, like, is that
2: is—I can't beat that. I'm like, I, well, I got to,
0: Yeah, I was taking absinthe shots at like the Moulin Rouge. Like Jesus,
2: bar. <laughs> was, I mean, I hope so you cool. didn't drink them as actual shots, because good God, my friend. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I I did have a few shots. Um, <laughs> I,
2: <laughs> Strong, stronger than I, stronger than I. It was. For, well,
0: for yeah. It was. If you it was really
1: want to dive in? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was I was wondering whether or not to bring that up because it does also sound like a very like Oh, on my study abroad oh, trip! No. I got to no. Bang, I think bang, it's bang. completely <laughs> valid. Um,
2: <laughs>
3: no, I if think you it want, I can, like that.
2: I can throw in my like shitty study abroad thing if that makes Do you feel it, better. Man. I yeah. went to uh, Italy and got to have, and I'm not Catholic anymore, but culturally, my family is very Catholic. Um, we got to yeah. have mass under St. Peter's Cathedral. Oh, between God, yes. uh, looking at St. Peter's grave and between two dead popes, um, and it was really cool and then we left and went to go eat at a teeny tiny cafe where they made the pasta in front of you and i have never felt so alive and will never yeah, again that's amazing. it was yeah. magnificent
0: we we have quite a few catholic listeners so yeah so
1: <laughs> they'll appreciate that yeah they'll appreciate that
2: they'll appreciate it and be mildly pissed off that now a dirty heathen <laughs> has had that experience <laughs>
1: To add my own perspective here, I'll have you know I have been on numerous occasions to the largest truck stop in North America.
0: Proud of you. (laughs) You know, as a as a Protestant, you know, I've uh, I've gotten to engage in uh, smashing idols. So, (gasps) oh, so fancy.
1: (laughs) I've seen the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota.
0: At least you know, burned a Catholic church down because of their representations of Jesus. Uh, I mean,
2: that's. (laughs) I'm not going to yuck your yum. Like That's not what this is about.
1: Like, You're not going to what trying to...
2: I'm not going to yuck your yum. Have you never heard that phrase? Never I've never
1: heard that, heard that phrase.
2: <laughs> it's mostly I, I, used I, about <laughs> fetishes, but you know.
0: <laughs> fetish, idol, Fet- whatever Fet- you fetish, want. Fetish and religion. Yeah, yeah fetish sure. and it's idol.
2: It's the same thing. You know, I won't yuck your yum. Destroy whatever you want. Well, that's good, you considering
1: that we are... Officially, a, a Christian podcast. Oh yeah, that's, that's been we? kind of a funny
0: thing. We are. That's been kind of a funny thing because of my, you know me on Twitter. Yeah. I'm kind of in like Christian socialist Twitter. So because yeah, of that.
2: Yeah, the best kind of Twitter.
0: A lot of our followers are members of that part of Twitter, despite the fact we rarely cover either of those topics.
2: I mean, I uh, would <laughs> say that your second episode was about fake uh, Dead Sea Scrolls, which is pretty choice <laughs> for that for that target demographic my friends
0: <laughs> exactly yeah. well the episode you you haven't heard yet but we're dropping this monday is also very socialist so we, we oh, do have so that excited. we have our credibility yeah
1: as a hardcore republican this is very awkward but good god <laughs> <laughs> evangelical um,
2: so okay so so josiah you've you've had absent you've enjoyed absence in perhaps yeah. the most authentic way yeah. um On a scale of of, uh, being the green fairy to going on a murder spree, what was your
0: experience? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I couldn't tell if it was superstition or not. I, I did feel like it was a different type of drunk than I'm used to experiencing. But I don't know if that was, like, the rate of it hitting you or, like, what it actually is. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It felt like um, like alcohol for me is generally a depressant because that's what it is. But it kind of, even though I don't believe it's actually true, it felt more like a stimulant. I, I don't know. I felt very, like, I don't know. Things felt that's, colorful and nice.
2: Yeah, that's that's very much a thing about alcohol in general is different kinds of alcohol will affect different people. Um Mm, In in unique ways Like I I love wine I come from a long family of winos um, But I'm also very into hard liquors And I enjoy beer But if I have Like I can probably drink half of a bottle of wine And not really feel it Um, But if I have one beer, I'm already at that like, oh, this is just really fun to be here kind of state. (laughs) Like I'm not off my, you know, I'm not off my head or anything, but it hits me so much quicker. Um, And I can have a decent amount of hard liquor without going too whoop de doo Um,
0: For sure. But yeah. I mean, I've kind of had that weird thing because I've been doing kind of a low-carby kind of thing. So I've been drinking a lot of seltzers and it baffles me because I'm, I've, consider myself it, probably not for the best somebody that can drink like a whole bottle of jack daniels in a night and like be drunk but like live
2: mm-hmm. um, you know not not be uh, alcohol poisoned
0: right right but then like like oh, i'll have like six truly's and i'm like oh my god I, like, have <laughs> this is a lot i've ever had <laughs> <laughs> well and seltzer,
2: seltzer itself is different because it's not a it's like a malt which is yeah. not as easy for your body to process as like a, a traditional hard liquor or...
0: That makes sense.
2: So it, it yeah. will give you a worse hangover. And, and in the same kind of turn, it's especially a lot of those like Trulies or White Claw or whatever, they're sweetened artificially, which will give you a much worse because cause normal sugar has more calories associated with it. So to keep them low-cal, they have to sweeten them artificially, and artificial sweeteners give you the worst hangover. Like, I would take a wine hangover every day over, like, a wine cooler hangover.
0: I I have legit had some of the worst hangovers I've ever had in my life in this past summer. Not at parties. Just drinking a 12-pack of, like, White Claw at home and waking up just at two. Like, I... Are you okay? (laughs) I'm trying
2: I'm
3: trying (laughs) to...
0: God, this what is
2: I'm very sorry we can stop if you need a minute <laughs> what,
0: what what i say alone i mean like i'm dicking around with friends on Discord yeah 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 because yeah. Of, yeah because of yeah
1: whatever no don't but, worry we've yeah.
2: all done it where it's like we're not with people but we are like having a five hour phone call or discard right, chat right, or whatever yeah.
1: Yeah. just yeah. drinking alone yeah
2: yeah you know <laughs> um
0: that's usually the bottle of jack. That's
1: Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> there's
2: there's nothing better to drink alone than a bottle of Jack. It makes you feel very Absolutely. country. Yes. Very like yes. my tractor left me and my wife's a robot. Like <laughs> Yeah.
0: I, I feel like a, drinking a bottle of whiskey makes you feel like alone is like like the brooding intellectual depression. Right. Like, no no like no, no, first, no. If you, like you want like to be like... a
2: brooding if you wanna be a brooding intellectual, it has to be Scotch. If you wanna mm. be a Oh, it's brooding... a different kind
1: of brooding intellectual though. Like you've got there there is a certain kind that does jack
0: i'm i'm True. visualizing first reformed the, specifically that movie the alcohol depicted in that that's that's what i'm thinking of see just like my
2: my of. only my only respectable image of of a of a brooding intellectual drinking jack is like some character in red dead redemption who's just oh, <laughs> destroyed yes. a brothel yeah being like, well, uh. it's time to ruminate on these these
0: events. <laughs> all, all of the murder it's that like, I've done. I, uh-huh. Am I,
2: am I an, an immoral man for destroying the immorality <laughs> around me? Jack, tell like me the way. Bad,
0: bad <laughs> I feel like uh, I need a redemption arc. Jazz a horse, a horse. Dead. Redemption arc. Oh, Two. man, that... I, that's actually, Red Dead 2 is, like, how I started my quarantine. I was playing Oh, that proud through. of you. Yeah. Nice. Very good way to start my quarantine. Love that game. I,
2: I feel the need to impress upon both of you that now whenever you reference Red Dead Redemption, you should just call it Jazz Horse. Um, purely because i think it's funny and it was it is a reference to another podcast that i love and i cannot talk about red dead redemption without using the term jazz horse
0: what's what's the podcast
2: uh the greatest generation it's about star trek (laughs) um it's (laughs) but of course (laughs) uh yeah um um newsflash josiah i'm a huge fucking nerd yeah Um, i I can tell But uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's two guys that are a little embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast and they review episode by episode, they're finally into Deep Space Nine, and they also have a very strong love of Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh man, nice. that sounds so, like a
1: good podcast.
2: It's great. It's it's full of very dumb humor, but very well done.
1: We do one of and those.
2: They also have a soundboard, so Jared, give us a give us a yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Absinthe. All right. Let's all right. talk yes. about Absinthe.
0: absinthe. Yeah. so. Um... I'm going to find a way to remotely, like, destroy your sound. <laughs> no, I'm fucking driving to Illinois with a hammer. Do it. <laughs> I'm just going to smash it. Yikes. So Absinthe. So Absinthe.
1: absinthe.
2: <laughs> um, all right, so obviously... You've heard the rumors that it's a hallucinogen, um, it sparks violence, it'll make you trip out. You've seen Moulin Rouge by Baz Luhrmann and To Hell with Johnny Depp, which really his whole journey through that was more about opium and like junk. So I don't know why it's connected Mm -hmm. to absinthe besides that he drinks it once or twice. But yeah,
1: yeah, Um, I I will say like I had this preconceived notion of absinthe and I was like, oh, it makes you hallucinate. Hell yeah. you were yeah let's out let's get this stuff and then i looked i looked a little bit more into it and i was like what the hell you know yeah that's just false advertising
0: it's just booze well
1: right no i so like one of my friends was i think it was john was like yeah no i'm gonna go to canada to get absinthe and it was like you idiot it's already legal here and it's the same shit but
2: to be fair it was only legalized in the u.s in 2007
1: Well, yeah, okay. but this was in 2016. Suppose, oh, I know.
2: Well, I'm just well, saying there's the whole
0: thing we'll <laughs> we'll get into but that like everyone will say like American absinthe isn't the real absinthe um because of like some re- like a, like uh, regulations that we have here that they don't have in like Paris or whatever. Uh and I know that's not really true but I want to believe that's true just so <laughs> that my special Paris moment makes me feel like a special important Like a point. special
1: person. <laughs> well, right. My, my understanding, though, was that is true. However, the difference that it makes is almost indistinguishable. It's yeah, yeah
2: it, it's, it's a taste thing, not an effect thing. Anyway, we're
0: doing um, a yeah. the, the great job at the whole mansplaining to our guest <laughs> <laughs> the topic she chose out.
2: Let's let's get into some of the the absinthe background, the, the mythology, the folklore, all the fun let's stuff, the stuff that we let's like talking about. So um, absinthe it starts its life as a neutral grape spirit. So it's uh, kind of like wine, but different. Um, it's not as mm. refined. Um, but when absinthe hit the market. Um, it was very cheap it was an interesting flavor and it very quickly became the working man's drink um, it was the bud light of its day um, which very nice. much takes down its its um edgy uh gothic you know ooh so fancy uh, yeah, you're, you're uh, reputation ruining my Paris yeah experience yeah i right really now. am like you you' you're drinking <laughs> like a plebeian like or we can just expect
1: uh, great things for bud light down the (laughs)
2: You know, after... After uh, <laughs> capitalism outlaws Bud Light, it'll have a resurgence. Right. Um, so <laughs> the the people who who started to drink absinthe and they they're the working men. They're the artists, the impressionists. You have all those incredible. I mean, I think Ernest Hemingway, uh, Vincent Van Gogh, like all of these incredible turn of the of the century artists and poets. And I think Oscar Wilde was a big absinthe drinker. And you, you have these creatives sitting in in cafes all around Paris drinking absinthe and you know and then drinking more absinthe and then drinking Mm -hmm. even more absinthe and then thinking they're very very smart because they've drunk so much absinthe um and and so there was a time of day uh it was known as the green hour where you know you would get off work from your your job and you'd go to a bar and you'd order some absinthe and you'd sit and talk to the artists and the communists and because that was a big thing so so you have all of these poor people hanging out (laughs) drinking sub quality liquors and at this very same time the vineyards in france were going through a really really shitty growing season so the vineyards and the winemakers of the area had to jack up their prices. Because there's not as much good wine, they're not producing as much good wine, they know there's going to be a shortage, so you have to balance that. So all of a sudden, the upper classes and the vineyards and the winemakers all realize that they're losing their market to absinthe. Because it's cheap, it's available, it tastes interesting, it has this jeu de vive of the creative renaissance that's going on at this time. You know, you have... People writing and painting and singing and acting and you have you know a, a, you know be, the beginnings of a movement um, and of right. course wrapped up in all of that is you know the devil's own ca- communism um, and yes. if there's one thing that the capitalists don't like it's when poor people get together and drink and have ideas.
0: That's true. <laughs> so. Oh wait, wait. She said capitalism.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> What's the air horn? Air horn. Maybe. Oh.
2: You weren't on it. You weren't fucking on it. I warned Mr. you at the beginning of it. I was so
1: enthralled by what you were saying <laughs> that I, you know,
2: you flatterer. So, as this this trouble begins to grow, um the winemakers of the area Basically, said, well, let's see what we can do to ruin this. Um, and they start a moral panic and a slur campaign against absinthe. Do. They claim that it is, um, uh, it's made of inferior products, that it will make you ill. It claims that it is um, infused with things that will kill you at a certain point, that it will make you go mad. They hire a um, fake doctor named Dr. Magden, um, and okay. who knows if he actually believed it or not, or if they just gave him enough money to go, oh yeah, for sure, um, and basically said publish a bunch of bunk science against absinthe not like that no, sounds like anything that, that oh. is existent today <clears throat> this
1: is
0: this is kind of like what the capitalist did with cigarettes i mean so, i would that was a joke that was a yeah joke. <laughs>
2: <laughs> i was going to to pull the comparison to uh, vaccines um you know right, let's right. just hire a doctor to to give us a platform to fight on but this one really really exactly. worked Um, And and so there was all of this, um, you know, all of this media attention and this fake science saying absinthe will drive you crazy. It will will turn good, moral, upstanding women into harlots tearing their clothes off at the feet of filthy communists and
1: impressionist painters. Again, I've really yet to see a downside.
2: Exactly. (laughs) Um, But, you know. Where is the problem? Well, the problem became, because the the underclass didn't exactly have the social sway that the upper class did, is that the upper classes went, well, let's um, outlaw absinthe. And You're everyone... you telling me that
0: culture proceeds from the economic situation.
2: Oh, every day, my man, which is why nobody likes communists. <laughs> 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 um, So, yeah, basically capitalism is to blame for the outlawing of Absinthe um, for the next several decades. It was completely supported by these vineyards and these upper classes that wanted to ensure that their profit margin wasn't going to be damaged by something new on the scene. Um, And every time there was a negative situation that came up and Absinthe was involved, it was publicized to hell. Um, There's a very very uh, well-known story of a man who um, became an annihilator. He killed his entire family, Um, and one of the things that he had drunk during the day was absinthe, but he also had, Mm -hmm. like, Three bottles of wine, a bottle of cognac, some scotch—like he had been drinking all day. Oh, so so um,
0: she—he'd been drunk. He was oh, he had—he <laughs> had probably
2: been drunk for the last week. Um, and I—I okay. I guarantee that he was a an abusive bastard. because um, I'm sorry, you don't just get super drunk and then take a shotgun and kill your pregnant wife, your infant daughter, and your toddler. Um, no, because no, you're drunk. I, yeah.
0: As an alcohol, like I should yeah. say, I've never done that. <laughs>
2: never done that. Yeah. Um, no. Fun fact, uh, the technical term for someone who kills their entire family is an annihilator.
1: Um, I was going to ask. That's oh, a... Yeah. It's a... I, I wish, I wish they
0: didn't give it such a dope name. Right.
1: That, I was... <laughs> man.
2: Well, I mean, now you Josiah know.
1: Josiah Sutton. Annihilator.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> No, stop! <laughs> Don't do it's, that. I haven't paid for the Patreon, so you can't start making shit up about me. <laughs> Josiah,
1: the annihilator.
2: You can't. That's gonna wind up in Wikipedia. You can't do that.
0: Yeah, there's gonna uh. be some Wikipedia thing citing this episode. that's like, do you know Josiah killed his whole family? Yikes! <laughs> in um, a drunken rampage, he was
1: drinking a drinking ton of up. absinthe. So much hallucinated ass- in
0: France and murdered <laughs> at Nicole the family. Moulin Rouge. He drank several Russian podcasters and
1: then gunned and his then family down. And then went insane,
2: <laughs> and so we have to outlaw podcasts.
1: Josiah, you knew that there would be a lot of libel on this podcast, you just never thought it would happen to you.
0: I didn't. I, you know, I was too concerned with asking if we could do it, not if we should. Uh, and I. I, I but to be clear, we I should. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so um sorry yeah
3: so that
2: that is the the core of why absinthe is seen as so fringe and dangerous there is there is a um piece of the distilling process i believe it's part of when they infuse the wormwood in where if you were drink if you drank enough absinthe it would cause, I think it's like massive hemorrhaging, but the amount nice. of, of absinthe that you'd have to drink, you would have been dead from alcohol poisoning long before you imbibed uh-huh. enough um, to, to actually damage you in that way. It is, I think, um, I think it technically is psychosomatic or I don't know, um, but there, there is an effect there, so it's not complete bull. Um, and I'm sure okay. at that point you would be hallucinating, but again, at that point you'd be dead from the alcohol. Um, I
1: think that we should test this theory and that Very Legal, Very Cool should fund a study.
2: You know, I would say (laughs) yes, except none of us are doctors.
1: I know some doctors.
2: Are you sure? Oh, that's true. You probably do.
0: I can pretend I'm a doctor.
1: And you know what? That's good enough.
2: That's good enough for 2020.
0: Yeah, let's catch me if you can about this whole shit.
2: Oh Jesus, please no. <laughs> please don't do yeah. that.
0: <laughs> Doctor, I can fly Doctor this Josiah. plane, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> I can fly a plane drunk on absinthe, I will Figure this. it out.
2: You know, up, down, <laughs> sideways, we're good.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Um but but yeah, so a lot of the a lot of the demonization of absinthe is you can connect it to the same way that cannabis has been demonized, um, the reefer madness panic, um, you know, the, the war on drugs in the American mm. market. Um, and actually, uh, a really interesting parallel is when France was going, and really the greater Europe, um, but when France was going through this period of outlawing absinthe and restricting it, um, that was very close to the same time that prohibition in the U.S. was gaining full swing. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of crossover. There was a lot of American support yeah. for the outlaw of absinthe. There was a lot of um, absinthe prohibitionists that, you know, kind of threw a little bit of, of status to the prohibitionists in the U.S. And yeah, mm-hmm. the the way that they finally banned it in Europe was saying it's going to take all of your good women and make them loose and kill them and make them crazy. And the way that we did prohibition in the U.S. was we connected it to immigration because we're racist fucks. So, yeah. Well, I was, I
0: was, I'm actually interested yes, in the gender dynamics there because generally what I, I think of an American prohibition is that like generally women were pushing for prohibition? Oh, absolutely! As it seems like it it's was the, it was other the way first way in Europe.
2: It was the first feminist movement in the U.S. Prohibition, yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> because saloons were so damaging
0: to for like the family units.
2: Exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much you guys know about prohibition um, as Not a, a sort of uh, okay. Well, would you like to know a little bit?
1: Let's do it. Let's dive in.
2: Okay, so um, prohibition was, as I said, it, it was a broadly feminist movement because at that time in the US um, the the gender roles were very very uh, stringent and very divided um, it was you know women's place was in the home with the kids taking care of the family and men went out and worked it was that very specific thing but there was also this attitude that once the man went out and worked all day it was completely within his rights to go to a saloon for the next 10 hours right. Um which usually meant that these men who were basically alcoholics uh, were completely within their societal rights to work all day, quote-unquote, for the family, and then go to a saloon, which women were not allowed inside. It wasn't like modern-day bars. There was no commingling of the sexes. It was a literal boys' club. And, and would drink their entire paychecks away um, and often would eventually come home to batter their wives and children. So the temperance movement was really founded out of a desire to, to stop men from bullying and killing and mm. being violent towards and, and putting their, even if they weren't physically abusive, of financially abusing their families. Because again, women mm. couldn't go out and make any money for themselves, or if they could, it was very small. And in the meantime, you're sitting there starving with your children while your husband is at the nearby saloon. Which, you know, Pabst is buying sandwiches for the for the bar so that they can sit there and drink more Pabst. Um, It was this very vicious social circle, uh, social cycle. And so that's really the core of how prohibition happened. It was this idea of, well, if we get rid of the thing that is making our men misbehave, the demon of alcohol and the demon of liquor... We're going to be a more morally conscious society. Um, and mm-hmm. ideally, women wouldn't women and children wouldn't be beaten up and abused, and families wouldn't be destroyed. Um, we obviously, you know, today kind of know that there's a difference between someone choosing to be abusive and somebody who's who's an alcoholic and and the nuances there. But that I was know. the core belief. It was if we get rid of this temptation, um, we can become, a stronger more moral society
0: right yeah
2: and so that's when you get sorry go ahead
0: no no yeah um i was gonna say my um my uh girlfriend is uh is also a fellow history major but she does a lot of gender history and so she talks a lot about having uh having a lot of sympathy for the prohibition movement
2: oh yeah um, like i was generally
0: frowned upon yeah
2: yeah it's and it's a thing where when you learn more about where it's coming from you want to support it because these women really didn't have any other recourse. Like they could yeah. be active in their church to a degree, and they could be like their role was to be the moral founding of the family, and that mm-hmm. was the only way they could take that power.
0: They they recently got the. I mean, this is like right after the ability to vote too. So like, I mean, if you look at the amendments, it's it goes like women's right to vote and then prohibition. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> right. uh, that that's the order of because the instant women got the right to vote, they're like, we'll stop my drunk ass husband. Um, yeah, like I'm
2: going to do something so, with yeah. this vote now. Like I'm going to stop yes. being beaten with this vote. Um it's very motivational. Yeah.
0: I did want you to say more about the uh the xenophobia side of it because um yeah. when I, when I think of prohibition, the only like racism I think of is like 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 the introduction of jazz music following the prohibition movement because like uh generally speakeasies had like jazz being played and so that was a way to demonize black music but that's really the only kind of form of racism i'm aware of when it comes, well so
2: it's so it's very interesting and and you have to remember the politics of the time um do not match up with the politics of today so a lot of the xenophobia and the uh the immigration issues that were around pre-prohibition and during prohibition were against catholics and irish and germans and all of those really big cultures that love drinking. Um, if you've mm-hmm. ever been at an Eastern European wedding, you're shit-faced by the end of it. Um, there's a lot of <laughs> yes. cultural drinking. And Catholics drink wine during Mass, those heathens. So there, there was a lot of that sentiment um, beyond just the actual uh, skin color racism, which we're more familiar with today. Mm. But, if right, you were right. irish, if you were if you were German, if you were Eastern European, you're bringing your drinking culture across the way with you. Um, and mm-hmm. all of those groups were heavily, heavily prejudiced against by the very waspy you know, Americans of the time. Um, And so it wasn't, and there was definitely the demonization of, um, you know, black and brown people of the time. Jazz is a great example. And obviously jazz got tied in with that drinking movement um, because it, you know, hey, they're going to pay us to play in the speakeasy. I'd like to make some money and they're not going to hire me otherwise. So it did definitely play in perfectly, but a lot of the xenophobia and that's why I kind of like the term xenophobia versus racism in this instance, because it kind of gets more to our modern right. perspective. Right. Looking back, it feels more fitting, um, but it yeah. really was a it, a distrust of these even, you know, white cultures that were bringing a very heavy drinking culture well, across with them.
0: That's what's, I think, hard for a lot of people with today's concept of racism to understand is uh, whiteness being like a, a evolving concept um, you know, because like white Irish, you know, Irish people are white now, but they weren't yeah. at the time they weren't, they weren't considered. Yeah. Um, the most fascinating one we've witnessed in our lifetime is, is, uh, Arab as a racial category, uh, pre like the 2000 census, uh, don't fully quote me on this, but to my knowledge, the 2000 census considered Arab to be a subsect of white. And it was following 2001 One. that suddenly being Arabic was, yes yes was a minority. Yes, suddenly hmm. it was a different class, and the same goes with uh, with a lot of Latinx um, folk. Are you yeah. know that they were considered white for a long time, which makes fucking perfect sense if you think about the history. And it's like oh, they're Spanish, um, right? You know, primarily right. like the ethnicity but, is like a merging of of Spanish and indigenous, but. like yeah no following like like yeah fear of of immigrants coming into the country suddenly they are no longer white
2: well and it's it's exactly that that thing of um as a culture changes the things that are closer to what you understand become more and more normalized and as Mm -hmm there are new unique things to understand those differences fade away. And I think that's a thing that a lot of like that, that very pointed difference that a lot of let's say less racially conscious people don't consider is that, yeah, the Irish were a minority during prohibition, but they had, there was the opportunity for the differences, the visible differences there to fade away over time. Whereas when it's something that you're purely based on, as far as the skin tone, you can't. That's never going to fade out in the same way that you can't tell a German and an Italian apart when you're just looking at them. Right,
3: right. You know, and in the American
2: I, <laughs> society. I don't think we're that fine-tuned where we're going. Oh well, clearly you're Norwegian instead of German or whatever. Like we're not we're not focused in that way. We're more focused on the very obvious differences, and that politicizes it. But yeah, so a lot of a lot of drinking history is very tied to. Um, uh, it, it's tied to um, imperialism. Oh yeah. Uh, there's just a lot of, especially you know, especially a lot of our Western drinking culture. You know, then you have those kind of core spirits that everyone's just kind of expected to know, gin, vodka, whiskey, maybe Applejack, Like just, just some of the, the basic ones. Those are all very Western drinks. Those are very European mm-hmm. drinks. Um, and that's the core of most bartending. And so you kind of have to understand the socioeconomic and the imperialist undertones to a lot of drinking culture, uh, which I think is just really, really interesting. Like, don't get me talking about tiki, because I can talk for a really long time about tiki. Oh,
0: tiki tiki or or like sake or, yeah.
2: Well, like like the, the whole genre of tiki drinks. Um, yeah. which was completely uh, just white people pretending to be from Hawaii and saying, this is oh, something no you drink in Hawaii. Um, <laughs> and, and that entire culture is just white people being like, this is fun. Let's pretend to be on vacation, you know, like <laughs> Hawaiians. And of course, it's all ridiculousness and poppycock. Delicious drinks, but ridiculousness and poppycock. There's a,
1: You've been to the, the Tiki Bar in Peoria, right, Rose?
2: I don't. Lava? So? No, I never went to lava.
1: Oh, I've never been that I remember. But oh. um, but it's just like, it's so deeply out of place. And I feel this way about most tiki bars. But this one in particular, because they put this whole facade out in front of it. And it's just this whole statement right next to Diesel and nothing else. There's no point to this story. I just wanted to, <laughs> to get it well, out there. Well then allow me to interrupt. Well, I,
2: Um, because there's, there's a fantastic tiki bar in Vegas. Um, it's not on the strip. It's, it's, you would not know to look for it, uh, unless you, you are looking for it. And it's called the Golden Tiki and it is fantastic. It is, it has the right amount of kitsch. There is a fake fossil, like a mummified mermaid on the wall. There's rigging, there's fake stars in the ceiling. Everyone's wearing, you know, um, Hawaiian shirts and, and hula junk and they get live music in. And like, it's fantastic. It's, it's just a wow. joy to go to. And I say that knowing that the whole idea of Tiki is a little bit gross and weird, Um, but it is one of those just like leftover pieces of like the 40s, 50s, 60s that is so kitschy and so American (laughs) um that it's just kind of fantastic and if either of you visit me out here when it's not corona times we have to go to the golden tiki because it's fantastic yes absolutely
0: 100
3: um, big
2: super- and the bartending there is superb they do just a fantastic job there's a little bit of showmanship but not too much um and i've never been there on a night where it hasn't been packed um, whether wow. I was visiting in the middle of the week or on the weekend.
0: There's, um, there's an interesting uh, place in Des Moines that I'm thinking about in conversations with Tiki uh, bars, although it's, I don't know, it, it would be, it seems not related unless you're like there, So there's a place called Fong's Pizza in Des Moines, and I I think I'm about to shit on Fong's Pizza on a podcast, (laughs) even though I quite like Fong's Pizza quite a bit. Uh, You can like something
2: and and acknowledge its flaws. That's okay. So it's it's a
0: weird, it's a fusion pizza place. So it's like uh like chinese mixed with with uh pizza so that sounds like,
2: legit honestly it's
0: okay so like I could they fuck have like, some a, of that up they they have crab rangoon pizza that <gasps> is truly incredible truly incredible huh. but they are uh, if you actually hang out in there it's a tiki bar as well and
2: this sounds I, like I, a perfect place it's super <laughs> like dope. Besides but that, of, it's in the Midwest. i like. I
0: mean, it, it is kind of the chaos of just like kind of imperialist nonsense too, where it's just all these things <laughs> at once. And I I like was actively googling trying to figure out if the owner is white, and I can't find a picture of him. But Ooh, I will that say that the well. the two the two op- like the two owners are Jeff Brunig. And Gwen Schleppenhorst. Those are white names. I'm sorry. Pretty pretty white names. I would be shocked. (laughs) In Uh, Iowa. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we got some German in there, I guess, with Schleppenhorst, but... That's incredible. Y'all
2: ever had Goldschlager? No. No. No? I mean, it's garbage, don't drink it. Um, but the right. whole marketing behind it is that it's basically like Jaeger, but with gold flakes in it, so you can shit out gold later. Oh, yeah, It's nice. the frattiest thing you can do besides, uh, like, like, I don't know, ordering way too many... Bomb yeah, shots you, when, during rush.
0: When um, you're rich and you don't know what to do with your That's
2: money. the thing. It's not rich. Right. It's not an expensive. not really. Like it's, it's when you
0: want to pretend you're rich.
2: Exactly. <laughs> like when it's when it's homecoming and you're at the local like frat bar and you're like, let's do goldschlager shots. Um, it's <laughs> disgusting. I hate it. It's it's kind of the worst thing. But it is. It's another one of those very weird things of like, why does this exist? Like, who asked for this? (laughs) Um,
0: We should find a way to wrap up uh, specifically absinthe as a topic. I think we probably probably need to roll back to that. Yeah,
2: probably. So absinthe, it won't drive you crazy. It won't give you hallucinations um, besides just getting very, very drunk. Um, It is still a very gothic drink. And I think if you're going to do a Halloween vampire party... Have some absinthe around.
0: Yeah, um, I think I'm gonna like have us pause here so I can like run to the restroom and stuff as we move on to like the final segments and shit. Um, also, I want to use up this Jack Daniel's shooter before the podcast sure, is done.
2: Sure, so, do you need another beverage?
0: Yes. So, A yeah. So, I mean, I, I gave you that list of things I have. Yes, I, never I wrote. Sent it. I wrote
2: them down. Oh, so. you wrote
0: it down. Oh, oh okay. yeah. No,
2: I'm ready. Don't. I'm. I'm what you call. A Great. professional.
0: So, yeah, I'll probably, I'll come back and then I'll ask you for what my second
1: drink should be. Cool, 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 cool. But Rose, while he is gone, this is a prime opportunity to drop your Casper master mattress ad.
2: Very Legal, Very Cool pod is sponsored today by Casper Mattresses. Do you need a good night's sleep? Are you looking for some quality Z's? Well, go no further than Castro Mattress. I bought one mostly because I also listen to podcasts and I was moving halfway across the country and didn't have a mattress. I ordered it with perfect timing for it to arrive the day I arrived and I could sleep on a bed that night. Castro Mattress. It's an option.
0: <laughs> Quality. <laughs> I'm excited to listen to whatever conversation you just had over while I'm editing
2: this. We did a commercial
0: okay you not supposed to tell him <laughs> in, in that's a little treat for later i'm past. i'm just
2: i'm i'm not telling him what kind of commercial i'm just saying we did one all right so you need your second beverage yes all right do you have lots of ice
0: yeah it's still got quite a bit of ice left
2: well then pour in that jack shooter
0: Okay. Oh, this is cool. Uh, you get to hear me making it real time.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's do a little squeeze of lime. Not too much though. Are you, okay. do you like spicy things? I do. A little dash of Tabasco. Just a little one. Put your thumb, <laughs> put your thumb over the neck. The, the opening of the neck of the oh, okay. bottle and just do like a, like a dasher move. Just a very little bit, just to give a little bit of a heat, a little bit of a kick. Um, go ahead and give that a little bit of a stir with whatever you got and then do a fill yep, with finger. club soda. Perfect.
0: And then fill it with club soda, you said?
2: Just just a little bit. Yeah, not too much, okay. but just a little fill just so that there's, there's some, some movability. Okay. Uh give it a sniff tell me what notes you're getting.
0: Uh jack.
2: Okay that that was that was understood. anything else
0: it it smells like whiskey with a little bit of ice in it right now i don't really smell the tabasco or anything
2: well then give it a little bit of a sip then
0: yeah that's good i mean it's whiskey oh and a little bit of a spicy aftertaste yeah that's nice actually that's very nice we'll
2: we'll keep it there we won't add the bitters (laughs) because that was going to be my other thing is if it needed a balance having those bitters i don't know i kind of
0: want to throw bitters in though now
2: (laughs) I you, do quite like bitters. Got well. If you like bitters, go ahead and dash
0: it. I do like. I do like bitters. Oh, and
2: just let right. let the effervescence of the aromatics hit your nose, because half of tasting is smelling.
0: That's good. That's good. I'm a fan.
1: Oh yeah! Now is the
0: time for Jared to do a ranch and Bacardi shot.
1: I'm actually not finished with my uh, my orange <laughs>
0: purge. So can we end the episode with you doing a ranch and Bacardi shot?
2: That sounds terrible.
1: No. No.
0: I hate you. <laughs> Apparently I don't hate me enough. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I'm gonna that's, work on my self esteem.
2: That's some You're doing character a great development. Job. Thank
0: you. Yeah. I'm gonna work
1: on undoing it.
0: <laughs> oh no.
1: I appreciate it.
0: You suck. <laughs>
1: that hurt you have no idea how much that hurt
0: all right well we're moving on to the end of the episode which is another half hour generally oh (laughs) yeah classically
2: Classically. we gotta give you enough stuff to edit around
1: so rose we finished the content all cap section yes we passed the comma moved on the additional space and now we're ready for the patreon ad
2: i get to shit on people don't i
1: you get to do whatever you want to josiah
2: well, oh, for, no, for, wait, you no, have to do ahead. the
0: Patreon ad first, and then we'll have to talk about the Patreon oh, subscribers. Oh, that's
2: right. I get, to, I get to give you a, a Patreon level of support.
3: Oh, yeah, so so you get, to, you get to write
1: a pitch. You, you get to you give a, a pitch of our Patreon. Many have added levels <laughs> during this pitch, uh, and we don't necessarily endorse this. However... Uh, no. Jared really doesn't can't endorse stop it, you.
0: but I'm stuck buying fucking the Roswell incident for Ross. <laughs> God damn it. God. it a Roswell incident.
2: Um, Alright, well, ladies, gentlemen, hims, hers, theys, dear, dear listeners, can I persuade you, with my most sultry podcasting voice, to support this endeavor on Patreon? I can't really give you adequate reasons as to why this content is so direly in Need of your support but I do know that it is and were I in a more financially stable scenario I would absolutely be supporting this podcast very legal very cool on patreon there are several tiers from the most financially stable to the least financially stable and I encourage you <laughs> dear listeners to go to patreon is it patreon dot or slash
0: very legal very cool to our twitter that has the link go to the twitter the very
2: legal very cool twitter there is a link i'm sure it's in a pinned post at least that's what i would do it sure is (laughs) it sure is and click on said pinned post and find yourself a benefit that you would like whether that is purchasing the roswell inch incident in a roundabout sort of way whether that is being made fun of and harassed by strangers audibly in a voluntary sort of masochistic way and find the experience that you value at the same degree as supports these two and at this particular (laughs) moment myself rose watson i implore you this is the right thing to do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, good. <point.
1: laughs> I feel like this can just keep going. We we can do this all night. I, feel
2: I like
3: think I, that, have I think to that's, do, uh,
0: that's quite dip, enough at this point. I, I have to do different background music. I think for that the, the just, like. Because your voice doesn't match the, like, da-da-da-da-da kind no, of thing. No, no, I, I, like, I think you I need to, to drop like... it
2: into a smoky jazz club there. <laughs> 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 the sultry of sound course. of a
0: single faraway violin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there are, like, three um, piano notes that happen throughout. Just
0: three. So, we, we have to decide something live on the air, Jared. because we forgot to talk about it before Rose hopped yes. in. yes. Uh, like, do we shit on the old people, or is, because I don't think there's any new Patreon subscribers.
1: Right, technically speaking, our, uh, our subscribers have, in fact, served their penance.
0: Who doesn't like a little extra
2: penance, though? Oh,
0: I found the Catholic in the room.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Good old game of find the Catholic. Find the Catholic. Just like a Protestant.
0: Well, off to the snake,
2: man. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the absence kicking in, guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Murderous frenzy or green fairy.
2: Green fairy for sure. Well
1: that's good. Nice. Uh I mean I I'll I'll say as a concession, we can shit on them one more time as a treat.
0: Very good. As a treat. As a treat. Uh I, I I like. I'm gonna edit myself saying this out probably, or I won't, depending on how drunk I am when I'm editing this. Probably go easy on Jeff because I'm dropping Twitter handles here because oh, we. Josh went hard. Oh,
2: I'm. But excited. on the bright
1: side, uh, Jeff also doesn't listen to the podcast. Oh, good. <laughs> All right. So, so what I'm saying is maybe go a little lighter
0: on Jeff because. Okay. Uh, he, I do have a class with him come this fall, um, and I, I, you know, you, don't you do not that. want
2: to be the target of many um, difficult conversations later.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: All right. Well, yeah. Let's let's get started. So, um, I'll start out with Jeff. Uh, Josiah thinks you're a pussy.
0: <laughs> Great. Yeah. Fine, sir. Sure.
2: <laughs> Check that one's done. And... All right. I need I need the handles, yes.
0: Oh, I sent them over Discord. Sorry.
2: Oh, I literally just had to scroll down. I'm sorry. I'm a bit of an idiot right now.
0: I'm so glad we have a guest on that's as drunk as I am. I mm, <laughs> maybe not. Okay. I don't know.
2: He's you. All right. Well. Mm,
0: oh, 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 Jeff. <laughs> oh, Jeff. <laughs> the problem is he's really easy to make fun of. <laughs> oh, Jeff.
2: I think he's one of those people that puts a picture of a fish he caught on his <laughs> Tinder and expects me to be impressed with it. <laughs> and let, I'm just going to give you, every, anybody listening, we're not fucking impressed. No one has ever been <laughs> impressed. It's not oh, look valid. Look the fish
1: on that guy.
2: You, you sat in a boat or in, on a lawn chair for five hours drinking I- beer.
1: To
0: I'm get fascinated, Rose. I'm fascinated by the fact the drunker you get, the more you sound like Marianne Williamson when you talk. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Magnificent. Um yeah, I can't, I mean, I would mention the Mustang, but that's low-hanging fruit.
0: Uh a thing I'll throw out there that we've discovered as of uh one of the episodes, I don't remember, is a very funny to look at the person's likes.
2: Oh, Oh, ho, ho, ho. Well, I'm looking at our next um, victim. Good, Um, yeah, let's target Ross. Very interesting uh, color choices on his hairdo, if that is actually him. Um, Not good, but interesting. Um, Let's see what you enjoy. Um, Drunk driving, all right, that's (laughs) reflective.
0: My My usual bash of Ross is that he's liked he's liked tweets of mine. That's yeah, never I was looking
2: luck. at that, and I was like, do luck. I bring this up? Do I bring this up <laughs> that he is he has liked the the host tweets that are Ooh. clearly a oh well, God. And he pinned a tweet he's... saying pinned tweet. God damn it. <laughs> and he also tweeted on july twenty eighth. And this is kind of topical. Dudes, drop pics of you holding a fish. I don't give a shit, but fellas are under attack right now.
0: <laughs> you
2: absolute numpty. You goddamn degenerate.
0: I mean, How I could do, do the really low-hanging fruit, which is he showed up on the podcast, but the only episode he, he was
1: on was the Mr.
0: Hands episode. Oh, That's,
1: no. Isn't he also a libertarian?
0: No he's not he's he's uh. pretty left actually but yeah he's a libertarian I'm just,
1: yeah he's I a libertarian I heard he's a libertarian man
2: Well I think I've done the best I can here
1: All right well are we ready for our next segment?
0: What's that segment?
1: Twitter news! <laughs> <laughs>
2: This is the best
3: bit all night. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Um.
2: (laughs) That's incredible.
0: Uh, So, I got two Twitter news segments here, and one is maybe going to end up in a discourse of some sort with us usually this is a quick segment but i'm not gonna let it be one no nope. good again. uh <laughs> the first the first one is a quick thing though which is on on the v legal v cool pod twitter account uh i tweeted it costs nothing to retweet a podcast and uh everyone liked the tweet and didn't retweet <laughs> it <laughs>
1: We'd like to be very clear.
0: <laughs> I, Our was, I was, I was
2: ready for someone to just reply to it, accept your dignity, and uh, uh, be done. Uh,
0: actually,
1: many, many, take that two, back. multiple two, people, two did. People, two <laughs> people did. That. And the even sadder part: the only person to actually retweet it was Josiah.
2: Oh no, my yeah. dude! You can't, mm. you can't act on your
0: own. I, I was That's not trying, trying, no, trying to get the do. word out there, you know. I, you do the okay. best you can. Okay. So uh, moving on from that, that was just a thing I needed to complain about on this. It's a paper um, cut. So, mm-hmm. as, as, well, we're kind of in the process right now. I'm just going to go behind the curtain here and say we're in the process of backlogging a lot of episodes. Dropping this is going to date us. Yes. Yeah, so nothing nothing yeah. and everything
2: is topical. Yeah.
0: The National Review dropped an article uh, today. Oh that i really want to talk about uh and i'm just going to drop the link for you
2: i believe what is
0: what is the crashing sound right now
2: hang on just a moment (laughs) 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 Running through the um the soundboard.
0: <laughs> yes, he is. Um. <laughs> so there's a there's a National Review article that was dropped the day of us recording this podcast, which is probably going to be a week out from when this is actually dropped. National oh. Review article from um uh let's see what's our good friend Armand White. Uh, classic Armand. Yeah, our classic Armand. It Anyone is the Armand. It is the Antifa film syllabus, and it is supposedly 25 films that turned our generation into nihilistic anarchists. (laughs) Did they not End understand
2: it. that the literal economic depression did that? We didn't need movies to
0: do that for well, us. They, they don't believe in Marxian analysis, so... Uh, <laughs> I love that most of the... God.
1: Like, a good percentage of the movies are, like, within the last three years, too. Because we've got Parasite, Black Panther, Mad Max, Fury Road...
2: Mad Max is a goddamn miracle, and it's my favorite movie on this planet.
0: 75% of these movies, there are leftist critics that have called these movies conservative or reality actionary i'm just gonna say that i don't know if i fully buy those analyses, but i'm just gonna say there's a whole other article from like a leftist publication that would be like oh these are the conservative films of the last don't they know that
1: movies have one meaning
0: they only have one meaning the one I want They're to like zoom books. into, yes, good I've been will, thinking good about Goodwill Hunting or
2: Gladiator because both have pissed me off royally.
0: Goodwill Hunting <laughs> is what I've been thinking about for probably uh, like an hour before this podcast started, and I literally tweeted, "I was like, this is gonna fuck up the podcast because we're gonna get on, and I'm not gonna let the guests talk because I'm gonna be screaming about Goodwill Hunting." <laughs> that that is the worst. Okay, let let, let me read it. Goodwill Hunting, 1997. Ugh. Gus Van Sant's Homo erotic version of academic class war between Boston Southies and Cambridge Preppies turned a Horatio Alger story into a Howard Zinn movie. It twists appreciation of American social history into liberal guilt, then declares, it's not your fault. Okay. 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 Uh, a couple things. I, I'm mind blown that somebody could watch the entire "It's not your fault" scene of Goodwill Hunting. Which spoiler for those who haven't seen, it, it's a 23 year old film. It, it, if you haven't seen, <laughs> it's about child abuse. That part's about child abuse. If you watched that and it was like, "Oh yeah, that's about white guilt of native genocide," you were not watching that movie. You were in some weird fever dream. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, this movie is not about like, like liberal guilt. It is about class dynamics though. And it's actually been critiqued quite a bit as a reactionary and conservative film. Because it's like trying to bring back this like Bostonian Irish American oppression Mm -hmm. that we talked about earlier in this episode, acting as if that's a thing that's still around, which really like isn't. And so it's trying to bring out this Bostonian white... Uh, identity as if it's some sort of oppressed identity. I, I don't know if I fully buy that, but I will say there are lots of critiques of this movie as if it is kind of like uh, a bit of a romantic- romanticizing like whiteness and Irish whiteness. Anyway, the point is though, the, the movie is making fun of white liberal elites, which seems like the National Review would love that. But right. instead they have walked back into 1940s style <laughs> conservatism to get mad about irish immigrants i don't fucking understand it i'm so pissed at this and also just to throw in that gay that catholic are gay <laughs> I, I don't i don't understand any of it i don't i don't understand it okay i've let, so I, you trying sad. to tell I've, me
1: you I, weren't fully erect for all of goodwill hunting <laughs>
0: <laughs> All of it, the whole thing. Um, I know I was. Uh dude on Twitter made a good comment about this. Uh I'm gonna find it and then I'll edit it so it sounded like I was snappy when I pulled it up. At uh E L M A G O three two two one El Majo three whatever. Uh, he's a good dude. But uh, he tweeted a reply like, uh, Fellas, is a movie that ends with a guy driving across the country to reunite with his girlfriend gay? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my <laughs> All right.
2: All right. So I unabashedly love Mad Max Fury Road. I think it is one of the greatest cinematic masterpieces produced in the last 20 years. I also wrote my part of my capstone project in college on Mad Max Fury Road um and okay. how it is a feminist masterpiece and um this pithy terribly written sentence fills me with rage
0: All right let's <laughs> let's really quick uh, I'll I'll read what uh what um our good friend at the National Review uh, Armand White has written about Mr. White. <laughs> yes he wrote uh George Miller's souped up dystopia is really adding a comic book catalog sporting the uniforms and port-a-john bric a brac of drug addled autonomous zones. That's what he wrote f- about. What Mad the fuck Mad. does
2: that mean? What the fuck does that <laughs> mean? It's not English! It doesn't make any sense. It's like you watched that entire movie and got distracted by the shiny, jingly bits. Like, what are you? Two? Do you not have object permanence? Can you not identify a larger narrative mode? Like, I'm sorry. This was a modern retelling of the fucking Odyssey. (laughs) (sighs)
0: Like, <sighs> a lot of national oh review is like, okay, I have conservative politics, but I want the the snotty like quips. Of like a liberal publication, of like the New Yorker or something, where it's like, "Yeah, uh-huh, except they don't know how and to write." I graduated from because Yale. they
2: don't understand <laughs> words. I'm so what <laughs> the fuck is a is the Portageon bric-a-brac of drug-addled <laughs> autonomous zones that makes that doesn't That's, make any sense. It doesn't have any context. That in it and doesn't, of
1: itself is the John bric-a-brac of drug-addled of autonomous autonomy. zones. Yeah. Like, that's I'm I'm actually like I'm reading through all of these and it is they're all I think that by highlighting just goodwill hunting. We're really doing this article a disservice because each of these is just like, you know, beautiful buzzwords. in its own way. It's, it's just and buzzwords. It's like, well, I mean, the Dark Knight go, takes it to a new level of, of distasteful. Um, you know, Heath Ledger's Goblin, the face of the millennium, joked, why so serious? turning life into Halloween, and eventually taking more lives than his own. Huh? <laughs> oh my god! What? I, I um, this, I did This a,
2: article is not good for my blood pressure.
0: I, 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 National Review just always gets me in this mood, because it's trying to do the cleverness, but it's, like, just this very reactionary, bizarre quote, and- I, It's,
2: anyway, it's, uh, it, <laughs> no, I have a perfect- It's 4chan.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's just- 4chan.
1: You leave our Lord and Savior (laughs) Q out of this.
0: I don't know. I I, I had an older tweet. I like making fun of the National Review on my Twitter. Hey, if you want to see more of that, follow me at (laughs) (laughs) at Josiah. (laughs) Anyway. uh, (laughs) But like, I was... There was this tweet where they were like, it's come to this. We must defend Matt Iglesias. And I don't remember even what that was about. I think Matt Iglesias said he was anti-cancel culture. I, I don't remember. But I remember the article just had this very bizarre reference to Shekhov thrown in it. And I, I, like, <laughs> I tweeted, can you imagine... Lowry was the author. Can you imagine Lowry just jizzing at his own cleverness after writing this line? And that's <laughs> my feeling every time... I i read a national review article
2: where it's like he's like inter- patting
0: himself on the back like, it's
2: intellectual masturbation that's what it, it is. is
0: it really is and potentially
1: and, more than just that
2: well yeah potentially but
0: at least
1: well oh. i mean given how he watched goodwill hunting um mm. pretty guaranteed
0: so that was the most in-depth twitter news i've done but twitter news it's done yay <laughs> thank god that made me sad <laughs> I hate I hate (laughs) this so much. I hate
2: it. (sighs) Good. You caught up on your air horns. All the communism, all the capitalism you missed.
0: Well, I mean, I think we're approaching the end of the episode.
1: I think you're right. Uh, And that means we got,
0: we got plugs.
1: We got plugs. Shall right. I start? Yeah, plugging? Rose, go ahead and
0: start. Yeah, All absolutely.
2: right. Well, and I think this is a plug that your audience in specific will be very interested in. Both um, of them. If, geez, <laughs> um, if you are a person who quite likes following Twitter accounts for podcasts that don't exist yet, um, but have been threatening to exist for several months, if not years.
0: It seems like a shtick I've heard of.
2: Um, you could New follow at BarhoppersPod on Twitter. It doesn't have any information there yet. I grabbed it because I knew that was going to be the name of my podcast whenever it started to exist it is at b-a-r-h-o-p-p-e-r-s underscore p-o-d
0: underscore underscore
2: don't Ah. do that Underscore. Right now it is pretty much an empty profile. However, um, I do fully intend one day at some point to start a podcast about bar culture and alcohol and um, bartenders um, just because it's a topic and it's a culture that I, I have a particular affinity for. Um, I have some uh, episodes written. I have yet to record them, but that is where all of the updates will be. And given that um, I think some of your followers uh, were in that same boat for a bit, you know, maybe you're feeling nostalgic. Maybe you just want to begin a new uh, hapless crusade. Um, Now that this one is finished. Um, But I would very much appreciate that. And if you enjoyed this episode uh, and you enjoyed hearing me wax poetic while getting mildly drunk, um, that will be where more of that lives. Hell yeah. Um, And if that's not interesting to you and you just want to see more of me, although honestly, I don't know why you would. You can follow me on Instagram at Rose and Ivy, all lowercase, all one word.
0: Uh, Jared, Fantastic. do
1: you have any plugs? I do. I do. Um, the first thing I would like to plug is I went to hy V recently and I bought a bunch of the Blue Ribbon Classics Push Pops, and they uh, they brought me right back to my childhood. I have eaten Good. like two a day. So That's so wholesome. <clears throat>
0: I'm glad you had a good childhood.
1: Thank you. Oh, well, geez. I I don't know that I'd uh, equate that with a good childhood. Uh, ice I'm cream glad trucks you had a, a played played a role in it, and uh, and I would always get push pops at the ice cream trucks. But beyond that, I would also like to plug uh, the game Outer Worlds, which I purchased Ooh, recently I that's and good. played. Uh, I've played it for a few hours now. Um, it is it's a lot of fun. It's like if you took Borderlands and Fallout and decided that they were just the same game and uh i have a video it's very game good plug. why don't you give okay, us a video game it. plug
2: um the video game oxen free it is mm. quite fun and very spooky and i am not very thumb coordinated but even i can play it um nice. and it has a fantastic story and so i would super recommend getting oxen free um very very cool game also very short so if you only have like a weekend you can totally beat mm. it in a weekend nice. Josiah? Um, I,
0: I can All also right. plug my
2: totally dead D&D podcast that doesn't oh, exist anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah, do it, do it,
0: do it. We um, love dead podcasts. We love Mike <laughs> Dicta.
2: So we keep threatening to bring it back, but our DM uh, recently had a baby, so that's not going to happen. Bring the baby in. But, uh, no. <laughs> um <laughs> But I was on a podcast called Dice Nights for quite a while uh, throughout college. I think you can find exactly one episode on Twitch. Um, nice. If that is interesting to you, I played a character called Oriana Crake, who is a tiefling dervish. Um, and if any of that is interesting to you, I'm sorry because it doesn't exist anymore. But maybe one <laughs> day. Um... Hey,
0: Jared, I have a promise. If this mm-hmm. podcast lasts until next summer, we'll have a d and offshoot.
1: frankly i'm in um i I am
0: i because i have another semester of of undergrad shit because i fucked up my life it's gonna be a bit but uh after that's done yeah i would be i would be down to do a D &D podcast
1: no i actually i actually just played my first game of D. &D, uh and probably like like 10 years or something like it's i don't think i ever actually played in college so no, it was a lot of fun didn't. uh one of one of the guys from work decided that he was gonna dm a game and so a bunch of a bunch of me and my co-workers uh played a, a one-off fifth edition and it was it was a blast i i had a great time that sounds
0: good good i'll go ahead and do my plugs now i got a bunch of plugs uh the first plug is red dead redemption 2
2: jazz horse <laughs>
0: Uh the second plug is uh truly please sponsor us the please. <laughs> No, okay. Oregon Going my... <laughs> spirits,
2: please give us money. I did plug your your product on this this very episode. So Oregon spirits, you can contact me in Las Vegas at.
1: Like... <laughs> uh, Blu-ray and push pops, please.
0: Okay, my re- my real plugs are uh, so so. No dream by Jeff Rosenstock. I've been listening to that album a lot. I'm a big Jeff Rosenstock fan. And also, the most depressing thing I realized about this is that i'm pretty sure i plugged the last jeff rosenstock album on our first episode that we never released so that's (laughs) the circle yeah Uh, the next thing i wanted to plug though which is like my kind of like real plug that you got to check out is idle curiosities which obviously you've listened to idle curiosities by now i've plugged them at least once before, but I'm going to specifically plug episode nine. And by the time this has come out, there will be more episodes. So a previous guest on the podcast, a couple days after we released the episode actually came out as trans. So Emily Rose Reinecke, who was on the Apple Levine episode. Uh, yeah, she, 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 came out as trans. Um, so if you don't know their podcasts whole shtick, they, they have to show each other what they Googled. And so normally that's just like, uh, oh, why did you Google ant bites baby penis or something absurd? But then come episode nine, it's uh, hormone replacement therapy, and it's it's become a very interesting, uh, like reflection on trans issues and the trans experience. Something which I, I is something very interesting for me as just like a cis white straight dude that has no understanding of that experience is very interested in. It's very interesting, and also it's still very funny. It's not like it suddenly becomes this depressing podcast. And I would I would definitely recommend listening idol curiosities. And by the time this has come out, there will be more episodes about trans stuff and it'll be very kind. That
2: sounds marvelous. I didn't know all the I kind of knew that something had happened, but I was I, I'm not on Twitter all the time, so I didn't have the whole build up, but that's that sounds legitimately
0: fantastic. So, I think we're at the end. Oh my god. Wow, we did it. Jared, since 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 you did the the intro, you should close this out. Jared, go for it.
1: Thank you for listening to Very Legal, Very Cool. A podcast um, about alcohol, its various flavors, and the various flavors of people who drink it.
0: And uh, the music is a garage band loop that I struck a stuck a guitar or sorry a drum, a drum thing beat? behind. Yeah. And
1: yeah. in this episode, it's full of air horns. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh no! That 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 was easy.
0: All right, that seems like a good one.
2: Yup, I think that's it. I think we nailed it.